You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Talking Reds baseball today on this Wednesday, the 17th of January. Joining us as always, Mark Sheldon, our Reds reporter for MLB.com. Mark, we thank you for the time and uh, not not a whole lot going on uh, with, with the Reds right now, but uh, some of their younger pitchers uh, have gotten together uh, in or they're going to get together soon as we speak uh, here in the middle of the week. And uh, we'll talk about uh, what to expect from these guys as they kind of uh, convalesce and uh, get ready for the 2018 season. Also get some uh, health updates from some of the, the mainstays in the rotation, uh, courtesy of uh, Brian Price. I get his uh, thoughts on that. Want to start off talking about uh, another pitcher, though, that uh, according to MLBPipeline.com, the number eight right-handed pitching prospect in the game, talking about none other than Hunter Green. And, Mark, I find that ranking interesting, not because he's he's unworthy of it by any means, but simply because his sample size as a pitcher uh, in professional ball very small, only three appearances, and in those three appearances, uh, he got lit up a little bit. The ERA somewhere hovering between uh, 12 and 13. So when you look at all that and you look at the fact that he's still regarded as a top 10 right-handed pitching prospect in the game, I got to think that obviously this is an indication that the, you know, the, the scouts and the pundits are still so high in this guy and that his ceiling is just sky high. You're absolutely right. He's 18 years old. And uh, just like last year when he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, all the things that made him the number two overall pick in the in the draft that last year are still what makes him as highly rated going into 2018. He can throw 100 miles an hour. He's he's got access to multiple pitches, and he's got uh, a poise about him, a, a manner about him that does not act like anything resembling an 18 year old. It's closer to a 35 or 40 year old. He just seems to get it. He's got uh, just maturity brimming through all over and he just seems to you know understand what he has to do he's working to get better and I think uh you take that go, spin it forward uh he's going to be facing guys that are older than him pretty much at every level as he as he moves up and, and things are looking bright he's going to begin this season at some point in, in class a Dayton uh there he's going to be on a, a modified kind of schedule because he didn't throw that many innings last year so they have to kind of bring him along slowly when he makes his debut is remains to be seen but uh, the, the folks an hour north of Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio, will be treated to Hunter Green at some point if he stays healthy and is ready to go. Yeah, it, it's going to be a treat to watch this guy pitch. And you mentioned uh, the poise and the maturity that he displays as a teenager. It's it's you know befitting somebody twice his age. So when you when you take that, how much does it benefit him to to have those attributes and have those traits? Because he did struggle so bad uh, in those three appearances. I would think that you know. For any teenage kid who gets beat up that badly in their first, uh, you know, foray into pro ball, it really might screw with their head. But I would think that for him, because he's so mature, he's able to brush it off more easily than most other kids his age. Well, I, I, the sample size is so small. I would say he got beat up. I think even one of those starts, he had a pretty clean inning. But I, I um, but what I what I would say is he, he is smart enough to know that. Uh, he has things to work on, but at the same time, this is not obviously going to define him. What he did in three games at Class A Billings, or I'm sorry, Rookie League Billings, isn't going to define his minor league career. And, uh, you know, he just seems to get it. Uh, he already, uh, a week or so ago, he had a, uh, a clinic in, in an area of, you know, Inglewood, California, which, you know, a lot of 
uh, at-risk kids were involved and were, having, were, were given an opportunity to get major league level instruction from guys like Eric Davis, Noah Syndergaard, and um, Dave Winfield, and Hunter Green. He's, you know, he's got the community in his, in, his, in his mind. He's not waiting to be in the major leagues to give back. That's always a plus when people want to see that kind of thing. He, he gives great interviews. He's good with the media. He's good with the coaches. He's good with his teammates. These are all things that are going to help him on his way up. He's got good parents that are keeping him grounded. Uh, so that and his, and his ability, his natural ability, should carry him forward as he goes along. You know, I'm sure there will be bumps along the way. There, there's no way there won't be. If it's that easy for him going up, that means something's going to be missing when he gets to the major league. So they, they want to definitely challenge him. And uh, I would, while I wouldn't expect him to take the full four or five years that other you know, drafted out of high school kids will take to get to the major leagues, he probably has a more express route. But I do expect him to encounter some, uh, some twists and turns as he makes his way up. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you never want to see a guy struggle or go through those those hard times. But the the saying goes, you, you really, you know, don't learn about a player until they go through those struggles, until they make those mistakes, and you find out what you know what they're really made of, the kind of makeup and character that they have. And we're going to find that out about Hunter Green. But he's got such a great foundation as you just laid out that if anybody can handle the struggles that are inevitably going to come his way in any young player's way, it's it's going to be him. And uh, a lot to look forward to for the Reds in the coming years with the, uh, the teenage phenom, Hunter Green. And, uh, Mark, I don't know if Hunter is part of uh, this group of young pitchers that I touched on at the top of the podcast, but uh, you clued me in as to uh, some of the younger guys are getting together uh, just to, you know, to, to work out, obviously, to go over some some videos, some films. So kind of talk about what's on the agenda there, you know, what the timetable is here and what these younger arms hope to accomplish heading into the season. Right. Uh, Brian Price and, and his staff, his pitching side staff, are having what they call a pitching summit. It started on uh, Monday. It runs through Thursday of this week. It's out at the Player Development Complex in Goodyear. And uh, 11 younger pitchers uh, are doing it. Some of the names like Amir Garrett, Brandon Finnegan, Cody Reed, uh, Curie Maya are among the, the names that are out there. Um, and basically they, they're throwing bullpens. It's a little bit later in January. The first time they had a summit like this was two years ago, and they did it in early January. So they wanted to time it more so the guys could get on the bullpen mounds, do it in front of major league coaches, get their stuff set and positioned so that they can roll into spring training on you know on time and, and feeling good. Um, and then when they're not throwing, they after lunch, they go upstairs in the conference room and they do uh, team building exercises. They go over why it's more important to think like a, uh, for your team first rather than your individual accomplishments. Uh, and also they spend a lot of time on analytics. Uh, they're really big on, on track man and things like spin rates and all those, all the data they collect and how they collect it and why they collect it and what it means. So they're doing a lot of that and, and a lot of video as well. So uh, they really kind of use this as a way for, for the pitchers to, to get to know each other better. They, they did it two years ago when all these pitchers were either new from the organization uh, from being traded over or they were – just the young kids that were going from double A possibly to the majors when they made a lot of uh, purging in the rebuilding. So uh, they wanted to try it again. This one's more focused on uh, the next level. And Brian so far is, seems to be pretty pleased with what, the, what he's seeing. And, uh, and it's something they want to continue to do in the future. Yeah, for as much attention as spring training gets, uh, you know, you're seeing more and more. You know, like you said, you've got the pitching summit with the Reds. I just talked to uh, Scott Merkin, our White Sox reporter. He said they're having a mini camp with some of their young guys. So it's it's a lot more involved in the offseason 
than it used to be even, you know, five years ago where it was, you know, only spring training. Now there's these other sessions uh, for young players in particular, and the Reds are certainly uh, getting in on that. And uh, hopefully these guys uh, strengthen their bond and find out more about their repertoires through the analytics. And uh, it's all very interesting stuff for sure. Uh, give us uh, your take, too, uh, in your discussion with uh, Brian Price. Uh, he talked about uh, some of the health issues with the pitchers. Uh, I know that, uh, obviously, whenever you talk about Homer Bailey, Brandon Finnegan, and uh, Anthony DiSclefani, that you know health and injuries are, are at the forefront of uh, what to expect from these guys. So, in Brian Price's eyes, you know, uh, what should we expect in terms of health from those three in particular? Right now, he's very optimistic. He's checked in with the pitchers himself or through uh, the, the medical side of uh, head trainer Steve Bauman, uh, strength coach uh, Sean Marone. Those guys, especially Sean, pay personal visits to every single player during the offseason at some point to check in on their progress, and he's checked in on those guys, and so far, so good. Uh, the Reds will have 31 pitchers in camp, and as far as Brian knows, as of today, 30 of them will be ready to go on time and on schedule without any limitations in camp. Uh, the one uh, holdover is rookie Davis. He had October hip surgery. He has just begun throwing this week in, in Arizona, I believe. So he is the one guy that's not going to be ready for the start of camp, but they knew that already going into the offseason. Uh, so they're, they're encouraged that Bailey, DiScofani, and Finnegan in particular have uh, no reasons to, to start slow when they get to spring training. They should be able to get going with the, the wheel spinning, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's been an unfortunate recurring theme uh, with this uh, rotation and the bullpen in recent years. Uh, in addition to simply being not that productive, uh, they've been hurt. And uh, to simply get the health side of the equation where it should be, that's going to make a big difference and hopefully – these projections are right, and these guys are healthy, ready to uh, hit the ground running, and we'll see what uh, 2018 brings. Hopefully uh, better health uh, fortunes than 2016 and 2017, that is for sure. Mark, to begin to wrap up here, let's talk a little bit of offense. We've given uh, the pitchers all the podcast love so far, but I know that one kind of popular topic is is obviously talking about Scooter Jeanette and uh, how wonderful he was uh, in 2017 the four home run game, uh, the four grand slams last season, he just kind of came out of nowhere to be one of the unexpected sluggers uh, in the game in 2017. At the same time, though, I know that most fans and maybe most media people kind of project him as the most likely candidate for regression. So let's say that that does happen. Let's kind of look at the other end of the spectrum. Who is a guy in 2018 in your eyes that could be this year's scooter, a guy that could really break out and, and do something rather unexpected? Well, the joke I'll tell you is it's whoever the Reds claim off of waivers on March 26th or so because they, <laughs> they got Jeanette at the very end of spring training. That's right. Obviously, I had no way of knowing Jeanette was even going to be a Red this time last year. But uh, for the exercise that you're looking for, uh, I would say that the guy that Jeanette took a job from last year, uh, Jose Peraza, uh, last year Peraza was the everyday second baseman until Jeanette took his job in July. Peraza was kind of scuffling along, and, and Jeanette was really good. Well, now Peraza's in, in a position again to be a starter going into camp. He's going to be the shortstop to replace Zach Cozart. And a lot of the things that Peraza did wrong in the first half when he lost his job, he did much better in the second half when uh, he replaced Cozart as an injury replacement. Uh, he was more patient. He was more selective. He got on base more. He drew more walks. And I, and I think with the way he, his hitting style of, of just being a good line drive type of hitter, that could benefit him in, in uh, 2018. I don't necessarily think he's going to be crushing 20 to 30 home runs, 
but I think he can only go up from where he was last year. I think he can improve his batting average. I think he can improve his on-base percentage. Maybe he can hit a few more home runs, and certainly he can get more comfortable in the field as he works and gets more reps at shortstop. So I would say he's definitely a candidate to uh, surpass what his brief history says on his baseball card, and he is in position to have a good year, and he'll need to because there's honestly guys that could take his job again uh, if he doesn't perform in 2018. Nick Senzel seems to come to mind right away, first of all. Absolutely. That's the first guy I was going to mention, too, is as the guy that's uh, nipping on uh, Jose's heels in, uh, in the event that he does not produce uh, offensively. But, uh, you know, maybe in terms of, uh, you know, the, the big picture, the long term, Having those struggles in 2017, you know, will will benefit Peraza because, as you said, he was much better in the second half, and maybe he puts it all together uh, in 2018 as he has some uh, very big shoes to fill at shortstop now that Zach Cozart is a member of the LA Angels. Mark Sheldon, great stuff as always. A good place to wrap this one up, and we'll do it again next week. We thank you as always for the time. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cincinnati Reds.